0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your Tipsy host, Sarah, Sarah and Lindsay. Hey guys. Hello. Hi, so I just got back from vacation. Welcome back. Thank you. If you call it that, I was with a boatload of middle schoolers.
1: And it wasn't like my version of a
0: vacation. <laughs> you know, normally I'm like a travel and relax kind of a gal. I like to go to the beach and do nothing. This was not that at all. It's very, very busy, but I did get you guys something while I was there. <gasps> Yay, Aww, presents. Thank Canine, you. don't get too excited. Okay. I got you things for your water bottles. Aww. I got you a typical I love New York sticker because I love it. I love her. tours, Okay. The other thing I got was. <laughs> Are you talking about from
1: like Flavor Flav? Like oh, that? I yeah, love New York. New York.
2: You okay. said I love her, yeah. so. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I
0: knew exactly what you <laughs> were talking you. about. New York, Flavor Flav. <laughs> she's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I was obsessed with that. <laughs> <laughs> I also got you another sticker. Oh, more. And this one I like a lot. I love
1: him. It's Abe Lincoln holding up the punk sign saying, DC rocks.
2: He's perfect. I love it.
0: I thought he was really great. There's one more thing. Oh my gosh, there's three. Yes, because I had to... Once everybody found out that I liked Abe, that was just a general statement of like, hey, I like Abraham Lincoln. Everybody was like, oh my God, Sarah, there's Abe, there's Abe. So I have so many, I probably have four Abraham Lincoln shirts, pictures with everything. (laughs) I mean, it was insane. I love it. So I got you all a magnet as well. Oh, we got a magnet of Abe. There you go. For Ford's Theater.
2: He's so regal. He
1: Mm -hmm. is going to go on my fridge.
0: I hope he does. There you go. So don't get too excited. But there we are. I've got the same things there. The trip was very good. Very full of history. Lots of walking. Loved it.
1: Thank you very
0: much. You're welcome.
1: Yes. And you saw Abe a lot.
0: I saw a lot of Abe. Yeah. I saw his big head. <laughs> as a statue. <laughs> I saw him with no head as he was being constructed. I saw where he died. <gasps>
1: you got a lot of selfies with Abe. We I got, got selfies with a lot, everything. So everywhere lot of many pictures of you with Abe and I was just <laughs> loving
0: it. Yeah. But the funniest part was I already told these guys, but I, um, I saved another turtle, so if oh you guys gosh. know why turtles keep doing this, why do I have to keep saving them?
2: What is happening? Turtles are your spirit animal.
0: Are they? I don't know. I've seen I three. a bat was her spirit animal. I don't like bats. <laughs> really? <laughs> this, this may come as a surprise. Brand new information. <laughs> I don't like bats. Well, um, shall we do a shot before we get started on our story tonight? Yes. I think so. Which one? Oh, here it is. We
1: don't the, have toys. We only have one shot in front of us right now. Okay. Oh. Boydson picked it. Boydson, what is it?
2: One of my favorites. It's banana pudding moonshine. Mm. Why are you making that face? It's so good. She doesn't like bananas. I don't like bananas. She was force-fed bananas as a child. This is what <laughs> happens the last time we ate this. <laughs> so
1: and I glad said the that same you remember thing. that.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. My parents
1: were convinced that I had chronically low potassium, so my dad would be like, eat a banana. I don't like bananas.
2: (laughs) Did you have a lot of muscle cramps?
1: Yes, a ton.
2: (laughs) Well, then they're fair in assuming this.
1: you probably (laughs) did. (laughs) All the time. And so, yes, my doctor was like, she just needs more potassium. So anytime I complained about like something hurting my leg hurting, my dad would be like, have a banana. I was like, I don't like them.
0: What are we going to talk about tonight?
2: Something spooky.
0: Ooh. We are going to talk about the Cecil Hotel, a group paranormal project in Los Angeles,
1: La. I thought you were going to say California. Nope. Ka. Laka. Laka. Is that what they call it there? Laka. No, I don't. I don't, so. I don't yeah. think they do. I
0: think they should. <laughs> but so we're Casey Mo. You I guys mean, could be Laka. Laka. I'm sure they call it something, but maybe not that. Maybe something catchier. Live in La Vida Laka.
1: That's Almost their
2: there. tagline.
1: L.A., contact us. We'll help you out with the tagline. <laughs> you a slogan. We are really good at slogans <laughs> and catchphrases, okay?
2: Well, I'm going to
0: tell you a little bit about the history of the Cecil Hotel in Laca. <laughs> um, it was built in 1924 in Los Angeles, as Lindsay already pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> it was a destination for business travelers and tourists. The doors did not open, though, until 1927 to the public. So it took about three years to build. Marked on the side of the building was in big, big letters. You've probably seen it in all the pictures where it says low daily, weekly rates, 700 rooms. I don't know what the rates were. They just were low, okay? They were low. That's a lot of rooms, though. Yeah, it is a lot of rooms. couple buildings. It is 19 floors, and it was built by three hoteliers. Hotelier. Hotelier. I, I am not the person to ask. <laughs> I'm going to look it up just to make sure, but it's somebody who owns or manages a hotel, so pretty straightforward. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, you get it. It was built by those three guys. Uh, it was William Banks, Hanner, Charles L. Dix, and Robert H. Shops. The hotel was designed by Loy Smith in the Beaux art style, which was from 1830s Renaissance France. That's why it looks so beautiful. I am familiar, yes. <laughs> it was constructed by <laughs> W. Hayden. Nailed it. It cost approximately $1.5 million to complete. The lobby was made with marble and stained glass windows, palm trees, and a grand staircase. The three men, the hoteliers, were invested $2.5 million. Unfortunately, five years after the hotel opened, the United States fell into the Great Depression. So not great timing for the hotel. The hotel was considered a fashionable destination throughout the 1940s, but over the years, it did start to decline, especially when the nearby area in Law became a popular spot for transients and homeless people. As many as 10,000 homeless people lived within a four-mile radius known as Skid Row. Skid Row is known as one of the most dangerous places in L.A., The hotel gained a reputation as a meeting place for junkies, runaways, and criminals, and eventually it would earn another reputation for violence and death. But Boyston's going to get more into that, so I won't go into that one at all. In 2008, new owners took over and a portion of the hotel was refurbished. In 2011, a portion of the hotel was rebranded as the Stay on Main. It had a separate reception desk, but shared many of the same facilities as the Cecil. The two places actually shared the same website as well, and it was the Cecil It actually still might be, I'm not sure. I didn't check it out. The Stay on Main slash Cecil became a place for long term stay for low income slash low credit tenants and half hostel slash budget lodging for tourists. So somehow many of the tourists who booked at the Stay on Main didn't even realize that they were in fact staying at the Cecil Hotel. The bottom two floors of the Cecil were for long-term residents, and the stay-on-main sla- slash youth hostel was on floors four through six, and floors seven and up were the Cecil Hotel rooms. This is all very confusing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, it is. But they marketed it as two separate buildings, basically, and intended it for different things. But the hostel was the stay on main. So people who were just traveling through were marketed to stay at the stay on main, but they didn't realize that they were staying in the same building as long term residents or just hotel residents that were up above there. Yeah. So yeah, very confusing for us. And I'm sure people who were trying to stay there as well. According to former tenants, anything higher than the sixth floor was considered dangerous. Not sure why. Just was. In two thousand fourteen, the hotel was sold to Richard Bourne. He was a New York City hotelier. Is that hotelier? <laughs> I,
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know. The to ask. <laughs> I have no idea. I keep saying hotelier, but then it just doesn't feel right. Hotelier. <laughs> That's how you say it if you're from Missouri. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anyways, the building was sold for thirty million dollars. In 2017, the LA City Council voted that the Cecil was a historic cultural monument because it represented the early 20th century American hotel and because of the historic significance of its architecture. The same year, the Cecil closed for renovation, but the work was suspended indefinitely due to COVID. And in 2022, the iconic sign that I talked about in the beginning was (laughs) suddenly whitewashed. They don't know what happened. Which I feel like, how can you miss that? It's a huge sign on the side of the building, but they did. I'm not sure who did it or why it was done, but it is not there. And that's what I got for you on the history of the Cecil.
2: Okay. So yeah, this is a a sad place. In addition to suicides and other violent and disturbing occurrences, the Cecil Hotel has also become a notorious rendezvous spot for adultery, drugs, and sex workers rendezvous another fancy word probably because (laughs) it's really close to skid row oh yeah yeah
0: about that not a good part of town
2: no the first documented suicide occurred on the evening of january 22nd in 1927 so when did it open uh well it was built in 24 through 27 27 was the first year it was open so brand new Right right away and this is when 52 year old percy ormond cook shot himself in the head inside his hotel room after a fallout with his wife. He was quickly rushed to the hospital but died soon after arrival. The next reported death was in 1931 when 46-year-old W.K. Norton died in his room after ingesting poisoned capsules. A week earlier, he had checked in under the name James Willis from Chicago. In 1934, 25-year-old Benjamin Dodich was found dead by a maid from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. He did not leave a note. The guy
1: who ingest, ingested the capsules, who, Capsule. capsules, who came, checked in under a different name. Is he a spy?
2: Ooh. We'll never know. That's suspicious. Checked
1: in under a different name. That's weird. You'll find he dies by, in, like, poison. Actually, uh,
2: several people and also several people check in under a different name. Ooh, it was a of thing. The rendezvous It was side. a rendezvous, yeah. obviously.
1: <laughs> Got it. Yes, <laughs> that's what you do with <laughs> rendezvous. That'd be fancy. In
2: 1937, 53-year-old former Army Medical Corps Sergeant Lewis Borden was found dead in his room. He slashed his throat with a razor. Ooh. That's a bad way to go he left several notes one of which cited poor health as his reason for suicide mm.
1: side note if i've ever checking into a sketchy hotel i'm using one of your names <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: got it for your rendezvous yes. okay <laughs> i feel like we'd probably be there with you but sure but okay i'll check in under your name
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'll never suspect a thing
0: who do i
2: check in under sarah's
1: I'll be Sarah Boyd we'll
2: to rotate. Oh, okay, we'll rotate. Yeah. Got it. I'll throw them off. Perfect. <laughs> They'll never know. Sounds legit. In 1938, 25-year-old Grace Magro fell from a ninth-story window. Her fall was broken by a telephone wire, which Ooh. was then wrapped around her body. Ooh. She was also taken to a local hospital, where she later died. Police were unable to determine whether Magro's death was an accident or a suicide. Uh, that is still undetermined. Okay. In 1939, 35-year-old Roy Thompson jumped to his death, uh, and then again in 1939, 39-year-old Navy officer Erwin Neblet was found. <laughs> pull it together, his name is
1: Neblet. Neblet, sorry, sir, Neblet. He oh, said Neblet. Oh, what? Okay, sorry, Neblet.
2: Yeah, Neblet. Uh, he was found dead <laughs> in his room after ingesting poison. Oh my, oh my gosh. Where are they
1: getting poison?
2: Apparently it's just a free-for-all with poison.
1: <laughs> where do you find poison?
0: From the hosp- hotel hoteliers. Oh yeah, they were selling poison, obviously. Yeah.
1: Come get your poison.
0: <laughs> I think that's how it went.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Poison, so- <laughs> poison. Come get your poison. <laughs> I got some cyanide. The girl is poison. <laughs> yes. I think so. That's where that song originated. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yes, probably. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 1940, 45-year-old teacher Dorothy Sager, registered under the name Evelyn Brent, ingested poison. She had <sighs> sent notes to relatives. Nobody said nobody Or checks in under anonymous names. Where are they getting poison?
1: <laughs> I don't even know where to yeah, get it except the internet. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> they didn't have that then.
2: So, she had sent notes to relatives telling them that she had plans to end her life. She was also rushed to the hospital, but ended up passing away shortly after. Um, And this next one comes with its own warning for child murder. Please fast forward about 60 seconds if you don't want to hear it. In 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Jean Purcell shared a room at the Cecil with her boyfriend, 38-year-old shoe salesman, Ben Levine. Purcell was apparently unaware she was pregnant and went into labor one time in the middle of the night. Not wanting to wake up her boyfriend, she went to the bathroom where she gave birth to a baby, baby boy. Thinking that the baby was dead, she, and this is the last warning, she threw him out the window where he landed on the roof of an an adjacent building. Uh She was charged with murder, but three psychiatrists testified that she was, quote, mentally confused at the time of the incident, and she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. Oh, wow. There were rumors that in 1947, Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, was seen drinking at the hotel bar just days before her murder. But ultimately, there are no known records of her ever being at the hotel. So it's just a rumor for now. But people used fake names. We've been over this. They sure did. Maybe she- But they saw her.
1: Registered as something else. Yes.
2: Well, didn't she have- go by several fake names? I don't remember. We'll have to cover her. Yeah, we should. Also in 1947, 35-year-old Robert Smith died after jumping from a seventh-floor window- In 1954, 55-year-old Helen Gurney jumped from the window of her seventh-floor room, landing on top of the Cecil Marquis. She had checked in a week earlier under the name Margaret Brown.
1: I am missing something in my (laughs) life that I have never used a fake name. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm going to go to Starbucks now. When they ask my name, I'm going to give them Sarah. (laughs) You rebel. (laughs) Live life on the edge. That'll show them. (laughs) And then they're going to call. They're going to be like, order for Sarah? I'm going to be like,
2: (laughs) you're going to miss it. My God, why isn't Sarah why is it, not here? Why is it taking so long to get
0: my drink? <laughs> wow, that'll really prove a point. <laughs> it will. Make you feel good. I'm
2: really excited. Okay, good. Uh, in 1962, 50-year-old Julia Frances Moore jumped from the window of her eighth-floor room and landed on a second-story light well. She did not leave a note. What's a light well? Uh, like a lamppost? Lights. <laughs> lights. is <laughs> a, a well. So oh, well not. for lights. Well.
1: <laughs> she made it on <laughs> lights. <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining a lamppost, and that sounds terrible. No,
2: I don't Unless think it's, it's a like lamppost. I think it's part of the building that, like, houses lights. That's what I'm thinking, like, shines up at the building. I think she's Googling.
1: Okay. 100% am. So it's, like, a uh, air shaft with, like, skylights,
2: basically. So on a sky w- skylight. So, like,
1: she, like, landed on a skylight.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That sounds terrible still. Ooh. For everybody. Yes. Speaking of, for everybody, also in 1962, 27-year-old Pauline Otten jumped from her ninth-floor window after an argument with her estranged husband, who had left the room prior to her suicide. She landed on a 65-year-old George Gianini, killing them both instantly. Oh my oh. God! Imagine minding your own business and, and somebody then lands on you. Yeah. Oh God. They need to be putting some
1: bars on What's these windows.
2: Saying? They should. In 1964, 65-year-old Pigeon Goldie Osgood was found dead in her room. She had been raped and stabbed and beaten, and her room was ransacked. She was well-known around the area and got her nickname for feeding the pigeons. Near her body were her law Dodgers hat and a paper (laughs) bag full of birdseed. There was a suspected 29-year-old Jax Illinger who was seen only hours after Goldie's death in a nearby park wearing blood-stained clothing. So he was arrested and charged for her murder, but later cleared of the crime, and her murder remains unsolved. In 1975, a woman in her early 20s jumped from her 12th-floor window onto the second-floor roof. Gosh. Uh, So that's 10 floors. Thank you. (laughs) She had registered under the name Allison Lowell, but is still unidentified. And that's probably the main reason why you don't check in under a, a pseudonym. A pseudonym, pseudonym, right? Your wrong name. Because if you happen to die. <laughs> I would have said alias. <laughs> oh, yes. I think that I was, that's what I was looking for. If you die, then nobody's going to be able to identify you.
1: Must be before, what they're going for, though. Before credit cards. <laughs> when you could just go by whatever name you wanted. I know. Yeah. It's a lawless land. A lawless <laughs> land. <laughs> lawless land there at the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> wild i don't even need to know your real name
2: (laughs) here's some poison it's the no-tell motel (laughs) (laughs) okay in the 1980s richard ramirez or the night stalker lived there for a few weeks he was a regular presence on skid row and is said to have engaged in most if not all of his killing spree while he was staying there he also uh participated in um some sadistic stuff he was not a good guy. Devil worshipping, yeah. He reportedly stripped off his bloody clothes in the alley before climbing the interior stairs to his room in his bloody underwear. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, was he wearing undies? <laughs> yes, they were also bloody. <laughs> in August, On August 30th,
2: 1985, a group of law residents spotted him in the street and prevented him from escaping until police arrived to arrest him. wait oh, good job, go. guys. Yeah. As a reminder, he was convicted of 13 murders and sentenced to death. Another one that we should do an episode on. Definitely. In 1991, another serial killer, but possibly a Ramirez copycat, Austrian Jack Unterweger Mm -hmm. stayed at the Cecil. And while there, he strangled and killed at least three sex workers. And I hear that he strangled them with their own underwear, which Mm -hmm. is incredibly sad.
0: I was going to do a story on him myself, but then it's a pretty big story, so I was going to recommend him for a group. Perfect. Yeah. Our list is...
2: It's wrong. I love it. In 1992, the body of a black man was found in the alley behind the hotel. Police say that he had either fallen or jumped or had been pushed from the 15th floor. He was estimated to be in his 20s to 30s and remains unidentified. In 2008, longtime residents referred to the Cecil as the suicide. And oh, this gosh. became a popular name on social media. Like, I think it was trending as a hashtag.
1: I mean, are they wrong?
2: No, apparently. They've got some They've got some, some stuff some to back it up. Yeah. The next case is from 2013. The case of 21-year-old Elisa Lamb, And Lin- it was Lindsay, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. It was me. Lindsay has already done a story on it. So I refer back to episode 85, cleverly entitled The Hot Dog Box.
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm so sorry for all of the titles that I come up with.
2: It's <laughs> usually because it's buried in the conversation. So. Yes. <laughs> It's like a little Easter egg. Yeah. Oh, that's where <laughs> she got it, it from.
1: you got a a spot where i got it from Mm -hmm. yeah
2: but just a quick recap elisa's naked body was found inside one of the hotel's water tanks on the roof she had been missing for about three weeks and her decomposing body was found by a maintenance man after guests had complained about low water pressure and water that tasted funny
0: gross side note this is all i kept thinking about in new york because they just have water tanks on top of all buildings everywhere we all kept talking about how
2: Got to check the water tank. Yeah, that still grosses me out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yes. Uh, So the case is well known to internet sleuths, and the cause is still debated to this day. The official cause of death is an accidental drowning, but the events leading up to her death are what people talk about the most. So again, go to episode 85, where we talk all about it. uh Finally, the most recent is from 2015 when a 28-year-old man was found outside the hotel. Some think that he might have committed suicide by jumping from the hotel, but the coroner reported that the cause of death was undetermined, and that man also remains unidentified. BuzzFeed did an article in 2021 pulling from accounts of past workers, and a former hotel manager said that there were usually one to three 911 calls daily on their shift, and thousands of calls in the 10 years that she worked there. She also mentioned nearly 80 deaths at the hotel, and you might have noticed that I didn't go over 80 deaths. I went over all of the ones on record. But there were several details of the deaths in the earlier years of the hotel's life, but they kind of fizzled out as the years progressed. And I think it has to do with things being more mainstream and then also privacy issues. So I think that they maybe had such a bad rap that they wanted to sweep a little bit under the rug. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so they were still hotel. After all, they still had to have people come
0: stay there right. as a business. Right. So lots of... um, There is a lot of
2: people dying there, jumping out of windows. Jumping. Poison. And, and poison capsules. Checking in under aliases. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gosh.
1: Lawless. Lawless nation.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm M.F. Thomas, the creator and host of the My Dark Path podcast. In every episode, I explore the fringes of history, science, and the paranormal based on my travels around the world. Episodes include a haunted hotel in Taiwan, murders in a home designed by Frank Lloyd Wright, UFO encounters in New England, and how the story of Frankenstein inspired the inventor of the pacemaker. So, if you geek out over these topics, you're among friends at My Dark Path. Listen on any podcast platform, Visit MyDarkPath.com or see our episodes on YouTube. Thanks for listening and walking the dark paths of the world with me.
1: As far as hauntings there, it's kind of hard to find stories about it because this place is still operating and they don't just let paranormal investigators come in. Unless. Unless. Unless your name is Zach. Unless <laughs> you're
0: Zach begging. And
1: you go in. After begging. <laughs> To investigate for years. Listen, he probably did. <laughs> I am going to give you a dramatic retelling of the hour and a half episode that I watched. <laughs> what I did find, aside from Zach, is that just negative energy, feeling very uncomfortable um, in various rooms there. And we'll kind of go based off of, you know, certain floors are more haunted because of, like Boydson said, the places that things happened. So right away, Zach is going, murder, serial killers devil worship i mean he's right it took about five minutes for him to spit out the word devil, I wasn't devil. Surprised. <laughs> all right so the first part of the episode he kind of focuses on Elisa lamb because that is probably the most famous that and richard ramirez are the two most famous deaths slash people who stayed there this was the first and the last time he mm-hmm. says that cameras that are allowed in and i'm like how do you know it's the last time zach
2: The hotel staff told him, but I'm also curious if it's also a residence. How did he get all those people out during his? I don't know. Do they stay there for a week, half a week? I'm sure
1: Ghost Adventures paid them so much money. I'm I'm sure they did. Stay there. They interviewed a man who had stayed in Elisa's room, and he reported feeling something choking him, feeling the sensation of hands wrapped around his neck, and felt paralyzed and could not move. Um, They even brought him back into the room, and he left pretty quickly after, saying that he was filled with rage and just wanted to punch the walls. And Zach said this was due to the force of evil,
2: obviously. Lindsay, I think you're (laughs) sounding like a hater.
1: (laughs) You have no idea how hard my eyes rolled during this episode. I'm sure. (laughs) Just wait. It gets better. All right. So like um, Boyson said, Richard Ramirez, he did have some Satan worshipping in his past. He had done drawings while he was in prison, even with a pentagram on it. He supposedly worshipped the devil on the roof, they said. And Zach thinks that this opened up the hotel to a demonic infestation.
2: Okay. <laughs> I feel like it was probably like that earlier on.
1: So they sent a psychic to uh, Richard Ramirez's room, and they also sent another psychic up to the water tanks on the roof. So water tanks is where Elisa Lam was found, remember? Mm -hmm. The psychics did not know which room that they were in. But one of the psychics up on the roof by the water tanks said that he was seeing a pentagram. On one of the water tanks. Mm-hmm. Like in his mind. It was not actually there. Let me make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody spray painted a pentagram on the water tower.
0: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but. be there. Yeah. So Zach then goes to play the elevator game. Have you guys heard of the elevator game? Only because I watched the episode.
2: But also, didn't we talk about this for the Elisa Lam episode? hmm Yeah. So I read a story about
1: it, gosh, a couple years ago. it's It was like a story on Reddit. And it was about the elevator game. And so it's basically this whole thing, and it's like a list of instructions. You push this button, you go to this floor, you push this button, and you never step off the elevator. And it's supposed to open, like, some kind of realm into another world, if you follow the instructions exactly. We talked about it, like you said, in the Lisa Lam episode, because that's what a lot of people have theorized that she was doing with that weird elevator video that's viral of her. Mm -hmm. Because she's pushing all these random buttons, but she's not getting off. Then she gets off. Then she gets back on. She's so. peeking,
0: talking. Yeah. Yes.
1: So, Zach thought maybe she was playing the elevator game, opened a portal. So, he was like, let's do the elevator game. Okay. At one point, you the instructions say that you may see a woman enter the elevator, but she's not going to acknowledge you. And he said at that point, he felt an ice-cold massive air enter the elevator. So he gets off the elevator, and it goes up to the seventh floor as if it was called up there, even though nobody was on the seventh floor. So, of course, he's like, I'm going to go up to the seventh floor and do an EVP session. Sure. And he reported, as soon as he got up there, that the energy was panic, anxiety, and tension.
2: What was the last word? Tension. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. So
1: then they go to Elisa's room. While there who they think is Richard Ramirez coming through on the spirit box says, you got me to Zach. And then Zach gets a scratch that starts popping up on his neck and then gets a stabbing feeling in his eye. And at that point I was like, that's gross. Mm. Oh yeah. The old eye stab, (laughs) the old old eye stab. (laughs) And he did have a red mark on like his eyelid. Like I said, Richard Ramirez had done some artwork while he was in jail that had the pentagram on it. And so, somehow zach gets a hold of this
2: it's part of his uh museum in vegas it it's is. in his um like murderer room yeah i he's was gonna how he had of it artwork yeah he's got a lot mm-hmm. of manson stuff mm-hmm. he's got a lot of um like okay. some gacy stuff Clown. he's got a lot of uh lot of serial, <laughs> serial killer memorabilia <laughs> yes. okay
1: i was wondering they never said how he had it he was just like i brought this to the hotel and they're like aaron's like you he brought it, it dude
2: it. why'd you bring it I'm like, <laughs> how does he have He's
0: got to be part of his inner circle. Gosh, yeah. I wish. Okay. Well, if you'd stop dogging on him, we'd have a better
2: chance. <laughs> yeah. We might have been invited a long time ago. I think Dang now it. we're blacklisted.
0: Exactly. we sorry, still Zach. like you. Um, at least voiced and I do. Yes.
1: <laughs> so he put the artwork in Richard Ramirez's old room in the closet. They feel cold breezes all throughout the hotel on the fourth floor, on the seventh floor. They hear faint, disembodied voices in the hallway. And like you said, There was nobody else in the hotel. They literally shut it down just for them. So they would be in a room and hear like faint disembodied voices.
0: Uh
1: Zach sees a dark shadow at one point and tells the bad energy to back off. Mm. The spirit box then says, Elisa. Uh Um, They heard a growl and a hiss near Richard's room. And then Aaron starts to feel rage and anger. Rage and anger.
2: Ranger. (laughs) Ranger.
1: And at that point, the door slams on its own, which scares all of them. And Zach is kind of a butthead and tells Aaron to stop breathing
2: so loud.
1: (laughs) And Aaron did not like being told to stop breathing so loud. And he goes, it's the masks and I'm irritable.
2: (laughs) I feel that.
0: They're all wearing their masks. And he's like, I'm breathing hard because I have a mask on. And I'm really irritable right now. (laughs) I love it when they get in their bro fights. It cracks me up.
1: I put same Aaron. (laughs) I'm irritable.
2: It's not my fault the climate is changing.
1: <laughs> Zach literally was like, Aaron, stop breathing so loud. You're breathing loud. And
0: I'm like, dude, if somebody said that to me, I would be like, excuse you. That's the thing I say to my husband when I'm irritated.
2: Yes. Like, exactly stop what breathing so loud? I think I have said that to Mike yes. before. They were like an
1: old married couple here.
2: <laughs> I got a mask on. <laughs>
1: Okay. Aaron was irritable. And then... Zach was being a turd. <laughs> Zach was being a turd. While this is all going on, they're arguing. Something touches Zach's hair. And I'm like, even Zach is getting touched in the hair?
2: Of course so Zach I'm is jealous. getting He's not in like... The hair.
1: He doesn't have long hair. Something touches him. He freaks out.
2: Maybe that's it. Maybe you need shorter hair. The length of your hair is maybe, intimidating. Maybe I
1: need to be mean. Because they, they they don't like it when he's mean. Maybe they were tugging on his hair like, hey, dude, be nice to your friend. I
2: mean... <laughs> not on a public, but you can... Try it on a private... Okay.
1: Okay, so they do catch an anomaly with the SLS camera in the fourth floor elevator. So Zach goes to the elevator, pushes the button. They're on the fourth floor, which Elisa's room is on the fourth floor. And he opened the elevator door and caught an anomaly right there. who was standing by the door. Um, he also caught a shadow on camera that was approaching him. Jay went on the elevator at one point and hit all of the buttons. And it took him <laughs> to seven first, <laughs> which was kind of weird. <laughs> he did. He hit every single button, but it... Went to seven instead of, like, the highest or the lowest. So, and he was like, seven, this is where Zach had that experience. Is not wrong. Yes. He did catch a disembodied female voice saying, hey, when he got back on the elevator. Hey. And it was pretty, pretty clear. A lot of times, you know, on their shows, they'll be like, we caught a voice saying this. And I hear it back and I'm like, I did not get that at mm-hmm. all. But this, hey, was pretty clear, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um. So then they went to part two of the episode, which... Was not focusing so much on Richard and um, Elisa Lamb but on everybody else. The woman, and I don't remember her name, but I didn't put it down. But the woman who threw her baby out the window, who was declared temporarily insane. Purcell. Purcell. So, Zach is talking about this instance and, of course, thinks that this has to do with evil spirits in the room who possessed her. And I put in my notes, yes, Zach, because postpartum psychosis is not a thing.
2: Hmm. That's what I thought of when I heard it. Okay, she went there. Oh, now, did. question, and this is solely just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. How quickly does postpartum psychosis kick in? So that's my question, too. I mean, if she just, it was, just like, had it.
1: So it can kick in, kind of like how postpartum depression can kick in before, and it's just oh. called prenatal depression. It can kick in before that because it all has to do with, like, all the hormones and everything mm-hmm. that's going on. You have all those hormones before you give birth.
2: And I feel like especially if she didn't know she was pregnant, that probably adds a little more... Mm -hmm. um, And
1: if she thought the baby was dead, maybe the baby wasn't breathing right away mm -hmm. and just panicked. Mm -hmm. So Zach's friend Scott comes on the episode to share an experience he had while there. He says that he felt a very heavy presence. He said that he could hear voices coming in and out of the hallway. Um, His friend was also there and said Mm -hmm. that he started acting
0: dark and grumpy. He typically does. I'm grumpy me. too sometimes.
2: <laughs> I'm dark and grumpy sometimes. One Some
1: of my friend if you guys go on TV and call me grumpy, I'm not gonna be mad about it. What <laughs> dark I'm- and grumpy. Dark and grumpy. So then Zach goes, Let's make
0: a demonic deal. Ooh. I like that one. I'm gonna steal <laughs> it. <I'm not.
1: laughs> All right, so his psychic friend comes back on and says that there is an entity that is around the hotel that is making people feel confused. And Zach goes, you mean like a demonic infestation? I can't even say it seriously. An infestation? She's like, it's making people feel confused. It's not like a person. It's an entity. And he goes, like a demonic infestation? What is this? Is this a thing? Infestations of demons? Yes. Have you and not like, watched Ghost Adventures? I have, but it's been a while. <laughs> Especially right. the
2: more recent ones when they go like house calls. Uh, yeah, the house calls. Yes, I, I stopped watching the when they
1: did the house calls. Mm-hmm. All right. So, she goes to a room um, where one of the guys had jumped to his death. I don't know who. It sounds like a lot of people jumped to their death. Yes. So, she immediately goes to the window and opens it and says, I need to get out. I have to get out. Sad, sad, sad. And Zach's like, hey, step away from the window.
0: Did he go to the wall, too?
1: <laughs> he did not <laughs> go to the wall. But he's like, hey, let's
0: let's not stand by
1: the window. <laughs> That's not good. Close the, close the window. No, he's like, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so he was, he was I mean, that was nice. concerning. <laughs> yes, Please,
2: please like, stop. Why are you opening the window? window. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he captured an anomaly at the window right above her while this was going on. So then he goes to another room with her, which was Pigeon Goldie's room. And she said that she wanted to crunch down and cover her female parts, indicating an assault or a rape. That's very sad. So then they catch a shadow on the floor that looked kind of like a black stain on the floor. Uh, They got an apparition on camera as well. Uh, He caught a scream on the seventh floor. They had light anomalies that were shooting down to a law Dodger's hat. Hmm. Okay, LA Dodger's hat. Like the one that Goldie was found murdered in. Mm -hmm. Um, Aaron went back into that room where the man had jumped to his death and the psychic had been by the window. And they closed the window before they left and Aaron noticed the window was open in that room. No, thank you. Zach goes in. the demonic infestation. It was the demonic <laughs> infestation. Opening so the like, windows. It's a little hot in here. let like, get some air. Don't you want
0: to come near the window? <laughs> That's what they're doing.
1: Um, the serial killer, Jack. I didn't write his last name down. Unta Vega. You guys said it better than me.
2: <laughs> she said it the best.
1: <laughs> Zach goes into Jack's room. Um, and while he is in there,
0: the water faucet turned on. It did turn out i remember that zach freaked out i would freak out too i've not Honestly, seen him I would too. in a while
1: so then zach asks the spirit box who are you touching and it says your mom no. and zach goes is this spirit being a smart ass a thousand
2: percent yes they it
1: are a hundred percent they're mom? done with it listen your mom is a timeless joke it's the spirit of me is what it is Channeled Boynton. Yeah, who were you touching? Your mom. Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach gets ice cold after this response, <laughs> and they also got on the spirit box. Aaron, help me! Oh. And then a door slammed very, very loudly on the hallway where Billy was doing an EVP session. Billy. Poor Billy. <laughs> poor Billy. <laughs> it was more poor Billy and like poor Aaron this time. Yeah. Although I did get some vindication when they dropped Zach off at one floor. They were all on the elevator and they dropped him off. And Zach's like, I don't want to be here by myself. Guys, I don't want to do this. And Aaron's like, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to me all the time. I'm like, same Aaron. I
0: kind of love Aaron.
1: <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Like I said, there's not a whole lot of other evidence out there because they don't allow teams to come in and investigate other than Zach. But people who have stayed their report just like
0: feelings of unease and discomfort and yeah. feeling
1: kind of a negative energy
0: around. I so, mean, how could it not have negative energy with the just amount of deaths and suicides and yeah, demonic infestation obviously, <laughs> demonic, a demonic infestation there. <laughs> Yes. I feel
1: like also the hotel plays it plays it up, like the haunting and all that because of sure. course it's a very well known place
2: and well I'm sure it brought some business in. I think I hate it to brings say some that, business. Yeah. It definitely did. I think it was the BuzzFeed article that I read that as soon as Lisa Lamb's death was announced from there, mm-hmm. they got like tons. I'm sure. Like an astronomical amount of people who who booked with them. Yeah. Just because they wanted to stay there.
1: Well, and, like, the place was well-known before because of Richard Ramirez and, yeah. like you said, all the deaths, but Elisa Lamb really went viral, like, not just U.S. all over the yeah, world. because it was on camera.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it was and a big video mystery. Went,
1: yeah. And so, of course, I think that really skyrocketed the hotel. And the even thing.
0: though, I mean, we don't have to get into it totally, but even though I do think it was accidental, yeah. her drowning, it is still pretty eerie watching her on that footage. The just footage like, is very confused, eerie. And it does make you wonder what she was thinking In those moments, maybe it was the demonic infestation slash portal Mm -hmm. she created with the elevator game.
1: With the elevator
0: game. Obviously.
1: Who knows? Whenever we get to a place that has that many floors, because it's got to have at least 10 floors for the elevator game, if I remember correctly. okay.
0: I'll play it. Okay. Okay. That would be a really spooky place to investigate, especially if it's... I mean, obviously, nobody's really going to be able to do it besides Ghost Adventures, because you have to rent out the whole place. Mm -hmm. Mm Right. But... I can see why they may have been a little creeped out here mm-hmm. and there. Because that place is enormous.
1: Yeah. I mean, they spent a week there. Yeah. Just because there was so much. And they even said, like, they didn't get to explore everything. The last night, they went down the basement. That's the first time they got to go there. Yeah. So, it's huge.
0: Side note, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but we were talking about American Horror Story, as we do. Yes. And the Season Hotel is based off the of Cecil.
2: Yep. Yes, it is.
0: And you guys said you didn't like that season, right? I only watched part of it.
1: Mm. It was messy.
0: Oh, it was definitely messy. There was but a I kind of liked on. it. I liked yeah. Gaga. I like Gaga a lot. Yeah, yeah. I liked her. They always kind of take twists and turns there towards the end. They can get a little confusing, but I really enjoyed it.
1: All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week to our group episode about the Cecil Hotel in Laka.
0: Oh, Laka. <laughs>
1: Los yep. Angeles, California. Oh, yeah. You can always send us an email at thetipsyghost at com or find us at thetipsyghost.com.
2: <laughs> I said that wrong. Are you sure about that?
1: <laughs> oh, I like it. sounded weird coming out of my mouth.
2: It might have been wrong. <laughs> the tipsy. W,
1: it's, is it no, because I did say www? That's right. I think, I it, I, w- right. I think you said it right. I think you said it right. <laughs> i don't know you can also always find us at <laughs> www.thetipsyghost.com with our socials linked Wait, from there do people no, still say w- nobody w- still w- says
0: w- it w-
2: sounded w- weird when i just said the tipsyghost.com <laughs> that's all it is it but sounds I-
0: weirder when you say www <sighs> w-
2: third pl- time please give us a five-star rating nope. and a great review <laughs> anywhere you listen to podcasts we really appreciate it and it really does help
1: i gotta let me redo that okay all right guys thanks so much <laughs> we will
2: catch you next week okay Bye. bye <laughs>